1: family, we would love to have you join us here in ministry. On February 26th is our team's ministry opportunity day and anyone and everyone is welcome. So come and find out what ministry opportunities are available for you. Trust me, there are lots. So if you want to join us, we'd love to have you in the fellowship hall. Remember, if your spirit is willing, fantastic. If your flesh is weak, don't worry about it. Finger foods will be provided. See you then.
2: Good morning. How's everyone doing today? I'm so glad you're all here. Today, in a minute, we're going to continue our series on effective habits, and we're going to be talking about fasting. Uh, transitionally, to get into that, how many know what your brain cells can die? Your skin cells actually die. Even your hair dies. Now, fat cells, I think they've accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior because they seem to have <laughs> eternal life. What a fun time we had last night. Um, Some of you were here with us as Threefold Court, our marriage teams. Uh, They did the Return to Love event, and uh, we had a great time with testimony and sharing and fellowship and food. And um, I just wanted to uh, highlight, though, that, that event like that doesn't just happen. You know, the marriage team works really hard, but it's people like you and me coming together and serving and I see some of you are here this this service. It looks like some of you guys woke up. You had a pretty late night. But special thanks to uh, Clayman and Vashti and Christina and Trent and Jessica and Noah and Michael. Uh, you guys came and you just served our married couples. and took care of making sure that all of the uh, practical things that had to happen, like getting the dishes clean and the kitchen reset, I really appreciate that. You blessed me with your uh, joy and your ability to do that. And you know, some of you are single and you're sewing into some married couples because you know, you're sewing into your future. And uh, how many remember when we were talking about prayer, Jesus said, when you pray? If you don't remember... Jesus said, when you pray, so we should be praying. Now, the same is true when you fast. In Matthew 6, 16 to 18, and Jesus, you know, he says, and when you fast. It's not something when you think about fasting, when you feel like fasting, when you want to fast, when you fast. How many are catching this? How many don't want to catch this? How many aren't sure yet? (laughs) (laughs) Don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people admire them for their fasting. Okay? I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they're ever going to get, that they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice your fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. So, as a habit of the Christian life, as Christ followers, fasting is actually something that we do. All of us should fast during seasons of our life. Now, there's about 92 92 references to fasting in the scriptures. So it's not like it's just there once or twice. Like, there's many references to fasting throughout the scriptures. But importantly, I think we should note, Jesus fasted regularly. Can everyone say Jesus fasted? And as he was getting ready to go into his uh, public ministry in Luke chapter 4, you know, Oops, I forgot. I looked something else up in between services. He was out in the wilderness, and he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing at that time and became very hungry. I mean, how many of you, after 40 days without food, you get hungry? Some of you can't go 40 minutes. But after 40 days without food, how many know I'm going to be hungry? Okay, so Jesus, after not eating for 40 days... The devil said to him, "If you're the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread." Okay, now Jesus is son of God. Was son of God? Okay, in this, he's the son of God. It's well within his ability and scope to turn the stone into bread. I mean, if he can multiply the loaves and the fishes, you know, he can call in the storm, right? He could he could easily have done that. And uh, Jesus said to him, "No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone." And, and Jesus realized that it was a temptation of Satan for Jesus to exercise his authority outside of what God was telling him to do at the moment. Um, anyway, Jesus fasted regularly. And then if you jump to Luke 5, one day some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly, so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? <laughs> Great question. Okay. And, and as uh, Bev and Terry read from Mark, you know, in Luke it kind of records, Jesus responded Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? I mean, how many of you go to the wedding reception and you fast? <laughs> of course not, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. Jesus gave him this illustration No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even match the old garment. Insert RJ's comments about these jeans that people buy with holes in them already. (laughs) No one, can everyone say no one, puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. And I just felt at this point in the service to kind of come and talk about this for a minute. New wine and old wineskins. And, and there's, some, there's some movement happening right now in the spiritual world. Amen. Okay, Globally. Um, Wilmore, Kentucky, Asbury, you know, they've been 11, 12 days now in worship and prayer and people are getting renewed. They're getting revived into their faith. They're getting restored into relationship with Christ. And the church is actually starting to rise up and take its place and do the things it's supposed to do. Okay. And, and we have these, but when God does something new, okay, Oftentimes, we're very comfortable in the old, okay? And you have to let go of the old to embrace the... Oh, you're tracking with me on this one. I think second service is a little more sanctified than first sometimes. Don't tell me. oh, no, tell them I said that. No. Or maybe you're just more awake, more coffee. But see, what God is doing right now in the earth you have to let go of what you knew or what used to work. And, and, you know, in the scriptures, I see Jesus walking around. One time he spits in the earth and makes some mud and sticks it in the guy's eyes and he can see. Another time he makes a command. Another, You know, he did it different. Different healings, different methods, different ways as he listened to what the Spirit was saying to him. And most, most of your denominations Actually, we're birthed in a move of God. Okay. But then what happened is people set up structure around the move of God and it became religion. Yes. And it became powerless to change people's lives. And that's why hundreds of years later, many of your denominations they, they have a form of godliness, but it doesn't have the power to change people's lives. Because right. no spirit, there's no life. Right, and it's all about structure and rule and legalism, but it's not about the presence of God, and they're still using the same system of worship that they did 400 years ago, and it no longer is relevant to the culture we're trying to minister to. But I felt that God was saying to some of you, stop trying to recreate the old. We don't need to go back to what was. We need to go to what God wants for us today. And you know, in, in, in times of pressure, you know, you, you go back to the basics. You go back to prayer. <laughs> you go back to fasting. You, go, you should never have left it, but, you know, you reset to, right? Those things are important. But the expression of it, and, and as I'm talking right now, I remember some years ago, there was a movement in Toronto called the Toronto Blessing. Yeah. Now, some of you might have been around in faith when that happened. And I was down in Dallas, and we were studying churches at the time, and, and there was camps that started developing around this move of God, and there was people that were, oh, it can't be of the Spirit. There's people barking like dogs and howling like chickens, and okay, and then there was people over here that were like, yeah, whatever happens, there must be, you know, I went there, and it was really interesting to my mind, and I'm going to tell you why. Because it was outside of my scope of experience and understanding. But I'll say this much. There was a man that came in. Um, he was a oneness Pentecostal guy. A friend of mine. Mark's, Mark's brother. And he was the most reserved, dignified, calm, cool, collected guy you ever met. Okay. Nothing seemed to rattle him. He didn't get too excited. He just steady, you know, solid in his faith. And, and for me, and I'm going to try this. Let's see how this works. Please, God, don't let me fall over. It hurt my leg, kind of. Um, but I was there in the ministry teams, and I felt like a wave going back and forth across the room. And I think I've shared this, but I was like... And then the wave would come back. I didn't know I was doing this. My friends told me after. And I just felt a wave. I was in the presence of God. And I did this for about 40 minutes while they laughed at me, with me. But this calm, cool, collective guy was crawling around, howling and screaming. And I thought, what in the world? But then I was talking to him after. And he had an inner peace. And he had a greater love and a greater compassion. And God did something in his heart, and he was changed, and he'll forever be changed. And see, there's always judgment that comes out. And I feel like I'm supposed to tell you today, be careful to judge the things that are not in your jurisdiction. Okay, God's going to judge everything. There's things in your jurisdiction that you need to judge. Okay, and, and you need to judge the things that are under your authority. If it's not under your authority, be slow to judge it. Okay? And there's some things that clearly go against the Word of God, and that's very easy to look at it and say, okay, that's apostate or that's false or that's heresy. There's other things that we don't know, and it would be better to not judge than to judge. Because one thing I don't want to do is get in a situation where I attribute the works of God to the devil or attribute the works of devil to God. That came out a little different this time. (laughs) No one puts old wine, new wine, into old wineskins. And you're a vessel. You're a temple. God wants to pour out a fresh anointing, a fresh presence within your life. But your vessel has to adapt to change the anointing that God wants to place on your life. And, And, you know if I used to pray for people like this and then I would feel my handshake and then I, you know, like that might've worked yesterday, but what God wants to do today might be totally different than that and I have to be okay with that. And you need to be okay with that. Yeah. But that's where we listen and we obey. And, and, and some of you are struggling right now with the movement of the spirit that he wants to do in 2023. And what's gonna happen is your vessel to contain it is going to break and you're not going to be able to contain the glory that God wants to pour out. And that's going to be a very sad indictment of your inability to listen to what the spirit is saying to you right now. Amen. Fasting, as we're talking about today, it's actually designed to subdue and crucify your flesh. The greatest challenge that most people encounter while fasting is your flesh, because your flesh is going to try to bargain with you and negotiate so that it can get what it wants. It wants its desires. You know, where's the middle ground here? Maybe we can make a deal. You don't make a deal with your flesh, okay? You know, some of you are kind of like, well, I'll just, I'll volunteer more. I'll give more. I'll pray more. I'll sin less. Yeah, that's it. Like, you're going to do that, okay? But but see, what happens is, anything to get out of dying to self how do you know your flesh doesn't like to die oh come on your flesh doesn't how many of you don't raise your hands I don't want to know have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning because your flesh just wants to sleep more how many of you have a hard time reading your bible because your flesh doesn't want to or getting up to pray because your, your flesh doesn't want to while I'm there, we, when we talk about fasting, fasting is not something we do out of legalism. It's not a religious thing that we do. Fasting is actually birthed in freedom. Your freedom to dominate the flesh with the spirit. The new man inside of you dominates the old man. The spirit of God that's alive in you brings freedom so that you don't have to sin, so you don't have to yield to your flesh or the desires of your flesh. There is a silencing of our flesh that is required. It's necessary to silence the flesh and its desires so we can more clearly hear the voice of God. That is hugely important in the life of the believer today. Did everyone hear me say hugely important? You want to be a spirit-filled believer, you need to hear God's voice. Let's do a little experiment. Can everyone just talk to your neighbor for a minute? Say, Have a conversation. Talk to your neighbor. Talk to someone. Say Hi. catch up on stuff blue 72 maple leaves okay (laughs) can i have your attention back at the front (laughs) need your attention back here did anyone hear me talking while you were talking to your neighbor you heard me say something about who what else did i say though oh you didn't hear me say blue or 70 see Um, I appreciate that, but that's your flesh talking, Mitch. (laughs) So, so what happens is there's a reason that while you were talking to your neighbor, you didn't hear what I was saying very clearly. And it's the same reason that when your flesh is talking loudly, you don't hear God's voice. It's very hard to listen to two conversations at the same time, one of the flesh and one of the spirit. And when you go into a season of fasting, you're silencing your flesh so that you can hear what God is trying to say to you a little bit more clearly. Focus is extremely important. And, and the voice that's louder is often the one you listen to. If your flesh has a louder voice than your spirit, you often listen to your flesh and you don't listen to your spirit. I think it's important to note as well, while we're talking about this, we fast so we can hear what God wants. Can everyone say what God wants? Okay. The reason that you fast is so that you can hear what God wants. If you're trying to control the outcome, you're susceptible to disappointment if things don't work out how you think they should. Okay because that's what we want. You don't fast to get what you want. You fast so that we can hear what God wants. Okay, we got to say that again. We fast because we want what God wants, right? Biblically, you know, David sinned with Bathsheba. The first child of that union got sick and died even though David was fasting. David didn't get the outcome he wanted. He still chose to trust God even when it was hard. I mean, the prophet did declare that the child was going to die and why the child was going to die, but David was fasting, hoping that God might change his mind, but God had already declared it. When you are fasting, it should bring you to a place of humility, not a place of pride. If you think you're better than the person sitting next to you because you fast and they don't, or you fast more than I, you're doing it wrong. Fasting brings us to a place of humility. As we, as a body, come together and we go on this time of fasting, let's have clean hands, let's have a pure heart when we fast. It's like when we come to the table together in a few minutes when we get to communion or the Lord's Supper, you know, when we celebrate um, uh, the table, when we celebrate the Lord's death till he comes. You want to make sure your motives are pure, that your heart is clean and and there was something else I wanted to say in here I got to find it give me a second maybe maybe oh here it is you fast so you can hear what god wants okay you don't hunger strike to convince god to do what you want okay it's what god wants not what we want and and So many times, people get disappointed because they try to control the outcome. So we we set up a time, and I'm giving you a week's notice, finally, on this. February 26th, so next Sunday afternoon through till April 7th, which some call Good Friday, you know, we want to do a corporate fast, a time of fasting and prayer for our local body of believers, for our church. And we want to... Believe God together for things that the Bible talks about. Number one, that the lost are going to come to Christ. How many know that Jesus came to seek and save the lost? How many know someone that needs to know Jesus? Needs to be in a relationship with him? I think that's everyone. If you don't know someone that needs to know Jesus, you need to leave your house more. Walk out the door of your house. We want to believe for healing to be manifest in the lives of those who are. So people that are sick, we want them to receive healing. Consistent with what Jesus wants. That the oppressed are going to be freed. That poverty and lack are going to be broken off of God's people. That men and women will rise up and obey the scriptures and the leading of the Holy Spirit. And also that our nation will return to righteousness. That's one thing that we do as a body of believers is we fast and pray for our nation so that justice will return to the land. In Isaiah 58, I'm going to read it to you. Actually, we're kind of at a place where I really just feel you'll do better at receiving this standing up. So st- I'm not done, but just stand with me. If you can. And I'm going to read Isaiah 58 in a minute. But there's... There's many ways that we can do this. There's many ways that we can fast, okay? There's, and and your flesh is going to tell you always to do the easiest, okay? But I want you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit what you're supposed to do when we fast together from next Sunday through to April 7th for 40 days, okay? Now, some people will do water only. There's not many in the room that can do a full 40 days with water only. Most of you could, but we just, Don't have the discipline and ability to do that. And if you're going to do a full water only fast, I hope that you have fasted before if you're planning to do 40 days. Okay. If you're new at this, that's not a good way to start. One day a week. And I I did this at the beginning when I was learning on fasting. This was what I, I chose to do. And I would do like a Sunday night at 6 p.m. until Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. It was about 36 hours. I just drank water for that period of time. And, and um, there's others that do intermittent fasting where they only eat between 12 and 6 or 12 and 5, okay? And there's there's others who take out their desserts and their sweets and their chips and all that kind of stuff. There's some that'll fast medium who goes, yeah, yeah, media, that's easy to do. I can turn off my Facebook for 40 days, right? And that's probably not bad for some of you because you get so saturated in things that are just, you know. And then there's the... Now, I usually recommend this more for people, men and women, who are coming out of sexual addictions, but there's the 40-day no-sex fast, okay? For married couples, obviously. If you're single, this should be 100% 100 of the time. (laughs) If you're a Christ follower, this is every day, all day. We have to talk about these things in church. But, of course, husbands and wives need to be in agreement if you're going to do a 40-day fast. Okay. Now, as I'm reading this um, from Isaiah 57, I, I want you all to understand. We're inviting you to come alongside us as a corporate body and join us for 40 days as we fast and pray. Okay. And these are the things the Bible talks about that we need to keep in mind We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We've been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. So you've got people that go into a season of fasting, but they're still taking advantage of others. They're ripping people off. There's no such thing as a Christian rip-off artist. There's people that disguise themselves in Christianity and rip people off. Okay. But you don't get to rip people off and call yourself a Christ follower. It doesn't work that way. The other part of this is if you're going to be fighting and quarreling and stirring it up, and you're always constantly at odds with people, to examine your heart and find out what's going on in there. Why are you fighting so many people all the time? Okay? A lot of judgment comes out in this context, you know, where you're pointing finger at other people. I always used to tell my kids, when you point at someone, you got three fingers pointing back at yourself. Be careful. My kids started doing this. (laughs) (laughs) The flesh will do anything to get out of dying. Okay? In verse 5, you humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bumping in the wind, bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think it'll please the Lord? Then he answers the question. He says, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. And as I'm reading this, I want to invite you to come to the front with me. If you're willing to say, Pastor, I'm going to fast and I'm going to ask God and I'm going to join with you for this corporate season of 40 days and we're going to believe God to change the world. And if you're willing to commit to 40 days of fasting with us, I want to invite you to come up to the front and join us. Okay, bring your elements. We're going to take communion in a minute. But he says, this is the kind of fasting I want. You just find your way up if you're going to join us. We'd love you all to join us. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you and let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. As you are all coming down here, because you're saying, you know what, I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to agree with you for 40 days, we're going to seek God. And I will yield to the Spirit of God, whatever He tells me to yield. You know, in a moment, Michelle's going to come up, not right now, but in a minute, and she's going to be talking to you about Windsor Christian Fellowship. You've been equipped, now go. Oh, that's really weak. Windsor Christian Fellowship, you've been equipped, now go. Go okay but when we tell you to go out the four walls of this building and be the church you need to walk out the doors and set the world on fire you need to set the captives free you need to bring healing to those that need it and hope to those that are hopeless bring peace to those that are in strife go out the doors and be the church let the love of god flow through you into others so that they too can experience god and his goodness which leads us to the table. Father, today, as we come, we have the bread in our hands. And Lord, as we've broken it, just like your body was broken, I thank you for the men and women who are rising together in faith right now and they're saying, God, whatever the cost, I'll pay it. Whatever you want, God, I'll do it. I'll go where you want me to go and I'll say what you want me to say and I'll do what you want me to do. Holy Spirit, I will be obedient to your prompting, to your guiding, to your leading, instantly. Father, I thank you that you're going to stir faith in the hearts of every man and woman, and courage right now, that whatever it is that you ask, that they're willing to do it in a moment, that we'll silence our flesh and we'll listen to our spirit as our spirits come alive with you. And the righteousness of the Lord is rising up in this place right now. The love of God is flooding every heart. So, Lord, we partake now together, Your people, In Jesus' name.
0: As we enter this time, I would um, just want to encourage you all that when the Lord's people and the family of God come together and you're entering this time of fasting on purpose intentionally to really seek God and hear his spirit you need to know and understand the enemy doesn't like what you're doing and you are like basically strapping onto yourself this big glow-in-the-dark bullseye. And he's going to hit you where you live. And he is going to intentionally come to steal, to kill, to destroy, to discourage, to tear you down, to heap condemnation on you. And I, we need to be sharp and be aware and discern because God is never heaping condemnation on you but the holy spirit especially as you're just really pressing in and tuning into him convict you the conviction the urgency of god is going to come on you but we need to be aware and we need to understand especially if fasting you're new to it or it's not something you've always been successful at do not be discouraged in it. Like if you fall short, if you mess up one day, that God is not saying to you, you loser, you failure, you messed up, just get away from me. That is not God. That is the enemy. That is Satan coming to steal, to kill, to destroy, to tear down and discourage you and, and tell you, just stay off the horse, man. Don't do it. Like, But God is saying, it's okay. Let's try this again. Let's go. Let's try again. Get up. Try again. You did. You you fell short again. It's okay. Come on. We can do this. Get up. Let's try again. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. You messed up. It's okay. Get up. Try again. It doesn't. I don't care if if you like messed up every day. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's purpose in that could be like. You need to persevere and you need to get up and try again and you need to go to God because God is not the one saying to you, get away from me. Especially when you're going to him and saying, God, dang it, I messed up again. I'm really having a hard time with this. It's okay. He is going to meet you where you're at. Eat just for the purpose of don't be ever ashamed to come before me because I'm not the one saying you can't. It's your head or the enemy or the lies that you're choosing to listen to. As, you, as we go through this season together as a family, as a body of Christ, let's remember to encourage each other. Even try to find somebody to be accountable with, that you're willing. This is what I feel the Holy Spirit's telling me to do. Can we encourage each other in this? And, and God working through each other. I messed up today. Can you, uh, yeah, we'll be together. Encourage each other. Don't worry. Come on, you can do this. We have to be aware That the enemy is going to try to push you down and to tear you down and tell you you can't do this. You can. If the Holy Spirit said to do it and told you to do it, yes, you can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If the Holy Spirit told me to do it, he's going to enable me to do it. It doesn't mean it's going to be without some stumbling sometimes or a little bit of a mess along the way. But that's God's works in all of it. And he is purifying you and he's working in our lives. So do not let condemnation and shame come upon you in this time because that is exactly what he wants to happen. We need to rise up as a body of Christ and know and understand that especially when we're intentionally purposing to go into this as a family of God and a a community together of believers, that he is going to try to destroy it and tear it down because there's power in the unity together. Amen? You're going to pray? Pray.
2: (laughs) The Bible says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the work of the evil one. Father, today, as your body of believers, we stand. And I thank you, Lord, that you execute vengeance and justice, judgment against our enemy. And Lord, as we go forth in your name, empowered by your spirit, that we execute that same vengeance and judgment against our enemy, Satan. Lord, and we take hope, and we take love, and we take peace, and we take joy, and we expand your kingdom everywhere that we walk. Every moment of every day, as we live for you, as we breathe for you, as we love for you. I thank you, Lord, that you're establishing your kingdom here and now in our hearts and our homes, in our local gathering of believers, and ultimately in the nations of the earth. So pour out your presence and pour out your spirit. And Lord, in this next season, Lord, reveal yourself to your church. Reveal yourself to your people, your sons and your daughters. Let them get to know you, not as the lamb of God this time, but as the lion the conquering lion that goes forth. In this day, Lord, we stand in your presence together, united, looking forward to the great and wonderful things that you're going to accomplish in and through your people. In Jesus' name. Else going to come.
1: Thank you, Pastor. You can stay up here. It is quite evident through scripture that prayer and fasting are essential and effective in our Christian walk. When we choose to fast and pray, what we do is we open up our hearts to the Lord. We open devote ourselves to him for one reason and that is for his divine purpose his ways are way better than our ways when you choose to fast you will be hungry and it's during that time it's a very intimate time when you're hungry your stomach's growling pray when you're looking forward to lunch that you're not going to eat during that time pray when you're waiting for those little snacks on Friday night and you're not going to have them, go before the Lord and lift up your prayer. That wasn't in the first, but praise God. I'm going to be reading from Matthew 6, the opening prayer that Pastor Ed opened up with. He said, and when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, he says, don't be obvious like the hypocrites walking around all sad and miserable and disheveled. I am not to be fasting for the admiration of Tekla. Because that is my only reward I will get. And he says you're going to get a reward. Take heed. But when you fast, anoint your head, comb your hair, groom yourself, wash your face. So that it doesn't look like you're fasting. He says, I see what you do in private. It's a very intimate Act when you fast. It's between you and the Lord. As a corporate group, we're fasting, but we're still fasting with the intimacy of the Lord. But he says, I see everything. And when I see you fasting in private, he said, I will reward you. We get blessed and rewarded by God the Father. Hallelujah. Winter Christian Fellowship, you have been equipped. Yeah.
2: Right before they're equipped. If you didn't have a chance to sow a seed into Cuba, Turkey last week, you're welcome to do so today. And I want you to keep in mind what you're supposed to do when you go to be the church. Okay,
1: go ahead. Amen. Windsor Christian Fellowship, you have been equipped. Go be the, be the church. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you
2: found yourself trapped in grief Oh, in the spirit?